welcome in hour number two. Great hour number one. Hour number two, the Bill Michaels Show. So good to have you on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Great discussion. Great discussion over on the live stream. You know, the live stream at times, uh, more often than not, I shouldn't say at times, more often than not, really gives you something to think about, and I love that. Sometimes it's just bitching, whining, and moaning, but, you know, what is it nowadays? But uh, give you a really, really good uh, good thought. Good thought. And, and that, was, that was good stuff uh, coming into this hour. Uh, I do want to expound upon things, uh, and I want to get more – Phone calls in, so and we're going to hear from Matt Lafleur too, because I want to hear his uh, stuff from yesterday. If you haven't heard it already, talking about obviously the injury to Christian Watson, obviously what they're doing as far as moving ahead and the mentality he wants to set. So I think all of that is very pertinent. Let's go back to the phones. Talk to Ron listening to uh, listening to us in Bayfield. Ron, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's, it's Rob. That's okay. Oh, okay, Rob. Um, uh, so. Some really good stuff today, and it, we're, it's such a great position to be in as Packer fans right now. But um, on the on the one, to, uh, just two quick points on the on both sides of these topics regarding the uh, uh, playing Love last year. I think uh, obviously, I think it would have been best for them to play Love at that point and get him some time on the field and some experience. Um, and and I don't think he could have done too much worse than Rogers with his thumb. But obviously, Rogers' ego wasn't going to let that happen, and. You know, I know Lafleur and Goody said that he's better with a broken thumb, Rogers, than than Love. But I, I, in my opinion, Rogers has impeded team chemistry for a number of years, and I think you're seeing that play out in New York right now as well. And it was inevitable he'd get hurt. He's old and slow, and he's gonna Love is gonna play at some point anyway. But it's good to see Love now. And as you guys were just talking about. It's really everything that's really come around. They they went through some terrible growing pains, and but it's really remarkable how quickly things have turned and how well things have turned. But you know, Love's footwork still can even improve, but it's improved greatly. And he, I, I'll take issue that he didn't play well those first eight games. He played well in Chicago, and he practically put the team on his back against New Orleans and brought him back and won that game. So he had glimpses of playing well, but he also had – issues with accuracy issues with things but at the same time the o-line the penalties the receivers the completely no running game and Lafleur putting handcuffs on the offense thinking because of all those issues they couldn't handle anymore now everything has changed the o-line's playing well they've the, the coaches have done I, I can't imagine the job they've done turning this around and now love is able to to play on schedule reasonably well he's really good off schedule his demeanor in the pocket has always been stellar it's just amazing mm-hmm. but when he right. gets time and when he's able to and his footwork will come around even more but uh, i mean it's an emotional game like people were calling for uh, the flewer's head earlier you know he he was emotional it's an emotional game dan campbell looked like he was going to cry on the sidelines at thanksgiving how about bill belichick one of the toughest guys in the nfl how, how are they doing it's an emotional game. They're going to go through stuff. It's really great to see them having turned around. And to me, the ceiling is still a ways out, which is actually pretty remarkable. I think they'll still have some growing pains yet this year, but I think they're a playoff team. I think they could they could really uh, surprise some people and make some noise in, in the playoffs. I think they'll have a hiccup here, here and there yet throughout the rest of the year, but I, I think it's going to mostly be upside. 
Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. I, I like the fact that you have a realistic approach of they could still have a growing pain or two. I like that because that is understanding the situation. Uh, and, and, again, you know, the whole thing. By the way, I, I said earlier, and in, in a gentleman had said it was the wide receiver for the Houston Texans that had the surgery, and I think it was – I thought – I was thinking Tank Dell, and it's not. It was Kenny Pickett, uh, the quarterback for the Steelers, who had a high ankle sprain but needed surgery to repair that. So we were talking about that. I wanted to make sure I got that correct uh, because it was Kenny Pickett, actually not Tank Dell. Uh, so anyway, getting back because I, I digress. Um, it's not necessarily – the overwhelming, because people want to talk about the youth, which just drives me nuts. First of all, you're 12 games into an NFL season. Secondly, you've only got two guys on this team that are starting that are rookies. Everybody else has experience. Everybody. Your running backs do. Your defense does. Everybody else has experience. There's two guys, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave out. And if you kind of mix in some of the other young guys, yeah, you've got some second-year players, but there's only two guys. This whole thing about, well, they're young. Well, age-wise, they're young, but not experienced, so so stop. But the fact that they do have the ability to have a hiccup as they grow with a new quarterback, not in a different system and not in a different defense, but via new quarterback and some of the inexperience, if you will, at some of the specialty positions, you understand that. that that that's a really good understanding, especially with no David Bakhtiari over at left tackle. But the the offensive line has really kind of settled in over the last few weeks. They've gotten remarkably better, and that goes with the elimination of the pre snap penalties and the holding penalties and such that we saw that were so so abundant early on in the season. So it, it's it's a really good recognition that they may have a stumble or two, but this team, when he talks about a ceiling is now starting to expand that ceiling. How high can they possibly go? And when you do add in a couple of free agents that can then help you, how much higher does that expansion go? I think that's a great question, and it's a great observation. Uh, 877-867-1670. Now, I wanted to make sure you heard this because it's coming out of the game, going into this, this week, getting ready for the Monday night game, coming off of the injury from Christian Watson, and the mentality as people now, much like myself, begin, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, if they could split between Detroit and then win four of the next five, this team's got a shot at going to the playoffs. Now you're playing with house money because you just won back-to-back games of which you weren't supposed to win, or at least not picked to win. And now it's whether or not you have that as – as uh, Robin Bayfield says, and that stumble, that, that, yeah, maybe a couple of stumbles here or there. Now it's talking about playoffs. Matt LaFleur doesn't want to go there. So I wanted you to hear this. This is Matt LaFleur in the press conference again yesterday. We all feel the same way. It's pretty late. I mean, just it's hard, I think, any time, um, you know, when you're in a, involved in an emotional game, it takes some time to kind of unwind and, Get to sleep. So, Matt, leading up to this one, you had referenced a couple of times. First time George started against this team, you stated you were unhappy with yourself and your plan for Jordan in the face of all the pressure that he got. Was there a specific idea of giving him more control of the line of scrimmage last night? Because it seemed like he had a lot of cam plays where he was surveying the field, using his cadence to give it to Claire, and then taking advantage of it. Yeah, I think um, I think 
we've done a better job as a staff and certainly have put some time into knowing that we are going to get some some pressure teams going into the season. So we invested some time in the off season and, and trying to find a better plan. Um, I think anytime you're playing at teams like Kansas City, certainly Minnesota, we got another one coming up here with the, with the Giants that will, whether it's zero blitz or some exotic pressures where they're bringing corners and um, you can get a lot of different looks. You, you have to have a, a good plan for that. Uh, especially uh, when you're when you're doing a lot of movement, like having different motions and whatnot, it's different than if you're just sitting there static two by two or three by one, where you could have the same answers all the time. Well, that's really not how we've been built. So, um, just having some plays, whether it's cannon to different protections or different looks, whatever it may be, and then he's done it. He's just. He's got more experience going against it, and so even when there was there was a play um, in the game where they brought all out on us, and we didn't even have a can on the, for, for the protection, um, and he got us into a max pro. So I just think that shows just how he's matured as a quarterback and the growth that he's shown. This growth that he's had, particularly starting like with Pittsburgh. We just see him set. He's just got that extra second. And I, I watched him last night. I thought, this has got to be because he's more confident where the pressure is going to come from. I mean, has he, is, is picking up where the blitz is coming from, been on the rise with him and with the offensive line? Yeah, I think everybody. I think uh, the guys around him are playing better, but I think he's got a, he's just more comfortable. He's got more time on task, more live reps. Um, and so I think his confidence has certainly grown. Now, what does what does playing with the lead allow Joe to do on the on the defensive side? Well, typically I would say, and it's it's not always the case, but usually you're going to have to defend more passes than runs. Um, I do think Kansas City did a good job of staying with the run game, and certainly it was very effective for them. We had some situations. What's there, there's going to be situations, especially when you go against a, an offense like that, going against Patrick Mahomes, where you're going to play some shell. And it's going to leave you a little bit light in the box. Um, what's disappointing is when you call single safety defenses and you give up an explosive run. And that happened a few times where we don't have guys in the right gaps. And that is, that's what you got to fix. You can't allow that to happen. I get it sometimes. It, it can happen if... Like I said, if you're in a light box and you're playing too high to try to limit the explosive pass plays that they're capable of, of generating. Um, but when you're in single safety defense, you, you can't allow that to happen. Injuries on that side of the ball, defense, you've had a trade. What do you think the job Joe's done with that defense this year? Yeah, I think it's it's it seems to be getting better and better each and every week. And certainly every week we have new challenges and every team's going to present a, a different problem for you. Um, I think, you know, just reflective of this last game, one of the things that we knew going into the game was Patrick does such a great job of creating off-schedule plays, and so it was important to us to be very disciplined with our rush lanes, and unfortunately there were a few instances where we were not, and he got out of the pocket and was able to scramble and make some, some off-schedule plays. So... Um, it's never going to be perfect. What I thought we did a really good job was 
especially in that first half, was when they got down in the red zone, we, we kept them out of the end zone, and that proved to be um, you know, big in the game. And then, obviously, after giving up the touchdown, coming back and stopping a two-point play, that was that was a critical play in the game as well. But yeah, I, I think our guys are you know we've overcome overcame some adversity. Have had to play a lot of different guys, but it's also a credit to the men that are ready to to play to step up and go in there. And I think you know guys like Corey Valentine's come in and he's he's played really well. I thought he he played really well last night. Uh, very physical, and you know we need that from the back end. He's gotten stops pretty regularly over these last few games. What's been kind of the key to that? Um, well, everybody doing their job. Um, and just I think a lot of goes into the plan. Just if you have a big, get a beat on what people are going to try to do to you and if you can take away what they want to do and, you know, make them go off schedule, whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, that's been a big part of why we've had success. Does Christian's hamstring look like it's anywhere near as severe as the one? We don't know yet. We do not know yet. Um, we're waiting till tomorrow and should have a better indication of where he's at. Um, you, back to the run defense that you're talking to Rob about, how do you get that part cleaned up as far as like the number of yards that Pacheco gained when he just was just moving piles? And so it seemed like the run defense actually was fine for the most part, but it was just all those extra yeah, there yards. Couple, there was a couple runs where we got gashed pretty good. Yeah, that that's always and I you know, conversely I thought AJ did a really good job of keeping his feet moving and especially early on in the game and fighting and getting where he got uh, there was one in particular where we got a 7-yard gain where it's blocked for like four and those those 3 yards may not seem like a lot but it just it sets you up for different situations where you know, second and shorts a lot more advantageous for, for an offense than second and medium. So, um, yeah, that's something that we talked about today in terms of just we knew going into the game, that guy runs with relentless effort. I got a lot of respect for how he plays the game and, you know, was he a seventh-round draft pick? Um, he is a, he's a violent runner, and he brings a lot of energy, a lot of juice to that football team, and I think he does a great job. Um, but we knew that. He's one of those guys that's gonna he's gonna play till the echo of the whistle. So you can't for one second relax and think he's somebody else is gonna get him down. You need to you need to gang tackle that guy. Matt, is it just a coincidence that AJ seems to get more effective when the calendar turns to December? Is there maybe something more to that with how he plays? Yeah, I think there could be something more to that, but yeah, you're you're dead on when you say that. I think we all can see it and the results kind of speak for themselves over the last couple of years. He's he's been pretty effective um, later in the season. Is the um, continuation of the season going to get tougher for Jordan? Because you know, a guy with ten interceptions, you probably weren't opposing defenses probably weren't that it you know worried about him, and now all of a sudden he's piling up these huge numbers. You think? Teams are going to really spend a lot more time breaking him down now. No, I mean, I think you, at least I can only speak for us, how we prepare. I, I think you prepare the same for each opponent that you're going up, going into each and every game. I don't think somebody's going to take him lightly. Um, this is the NFL. Uh, 
And so you better prepare like you're playing the best quarterback in the league each and every week. Otherwise, I mean, you're going to get you get the potential to get embarrassed out there. Sims, the job he's done to kind of get himself in a position to, to you know, play some big snaps down here in the stretch after being kind of a late arrival at, at the end of camp. Yeah, I think he's, first of all, his approach has been spot on uh, since day one, since we got, got him in here. He was the guy that we actually brought in um, on the visits. Um, was it the 30 visits or whatever? And so we kind of got to know him a little bit and really liked the person and just the character makeup. Um, and I think he's just, he's approached it the right way from day one. He's got a guy that he cares about what he's doing and he comes in with a great attitude and just goes to work. And I think John Dunn's done a really nice job with that room. He's certainly tasked with, uh, um, a unique situation, I would say, to, just to have that much youth in that room. But, you know, it's been a lot of fun to watch the growth of all those young guys and, um, they, they come with great energy every day, and just like I said, they, they're all ready to get to work. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur and uh, talking to the media yesterday. couple things. A couple things came out of that I want to talk about when we come back. So stay right where you're at. We'll get into it. Promise you. Promise you. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at JNL Tire Service Center right there in Johnson Creek and in Watertown, and they give back to the community specifically this time of year. Great people, trustworthy people, whether you need tires, oil change, or major injury repair. And if you're driving around in a small sedan, big uh, minivan, or over the road, whatever it happens to be, they got facilities to handle it all. Go to JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com. Right above 94 in Johnson Creek, you can see it from the highway. And in Watertown on Boulder Road as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Smoking hot deals just keep coming with quick hot savings from Quick Trip. And right now we're cooling off with $2.99 a gallon Nature's Touch Milk. All one gallon, 2%, 1%, and skim Nature's Touch Milk, just $2.99. Hey, looking to make that perfect movie night milkshake? Or how about making those morning waffles extra fluffy? Our fresh, straight-from-our-dairy Nature's Touch Milk is on sale and ready for your fridge. Quick hot savings from Quick Trip. Yeah, we're here to save you some moolah. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. (laughs) Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231 
Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. And uh, I wanted to get back into what Matt LaFleur said. And we got Peter Bukowski, a Locked on on Packers podcast, coming up here in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Um, But one of the things Matt LaFleur said, and I thought it was rather interesting. He said he was asked uh, about uh, Joe Barry's defense. Okay, first of all, he said uh, it's playing better and getting better each and every week. He said it's reflective of the team's concentration on and on. Then he went to say, he said, uh, we have gotten more discipline. He talks about the rush discipline, keeping and where they had a couple of mistakes, keeping Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. But he said they're getting better each and every week. They're playing bigger and better each and every week. And that always draws – Whenever he has anything positive to say about Joe Barry, that always draws the ire of people, okay? Uh, because of what, you know, the record Joe Barry, Barry brought in and then obviously some of the things that have gone on in the past. And I looked at it as the one thing that they did not question him on too heavily was third down, two down rusher, two rushers, that was it, and leaving the middle open and, and really not – heavy covering Travis Kelsey, who converted quite a few third downs. He didn't go there, didn't get into that. He did talk about breaking contain and allowing some undisciplined plays because when you get outside of, you know, as they say, the off-script plays for Patrick Mahomes is where he's at his strongest, they allowed too many of those. So he talked a little bit about that. But there was nothing there that, you know, when people start to latch onto and go, oh, God, he's keeping Joe Barry. It's like just – Hold your water. Wait till the end of the season. See what happens. But if the if the defense gets better, you can't argue with that. You know, and I understand it. I get it. But I you can't rip a guy just to rip a guy, because things have been better. Now, they're the rush the rush offense or rush defense awful, thirtieth in the league, terrible, terrible. Their pass defense, top ten. Their points defensive points given up, top ten. So it's a lot of bend, but don't break. We've seen this before. They're not a dominant pass rush, get after you, smack you in the mouth, stop the run, stuff the run, force you to pass type of defense. They're just not. They're just not. But the results that they've garnered, and when you look at the games that they've been in, even though they've lost, it's not the defense's fault. You know? So that was part of it. Then he talked about, you know, they're waiting to find out more about Christian Watson and you know, some of the injuries and such. But there was something specific there that a lot of people were pointing to, and I thought, yeah, you can't you can't jump into that. We'll talk with Peter Bukowski of the Lockdown Packers podcast when we come back. Stay right where you're at. We'll get more into this coming up next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sunset Grove, Pewaukee Lake. They got their uh, customer appreciation party coming up. Be a part of it. You can find them over on Facebook. Find them on Instagram and such at Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake, which uh, great food, big wine selection over there. And they always have something going on, whether it's the bingo or the karaoke. They have music. Uh, they have sports, obviously. 
And they have their customer appreciation party, Christmas party coming up. So, again, check it out. Prospect Avenue, Pewaukee Lake. That is Sunset Grill. Tell Sarah, who runs the place. Howdy. Go in and ask for her. She'd be happy to happy to get you accommodated. But that's Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake. Uh, joining us now, Locked on Packers podcast, our buddy Peter Bukowski joining us uh, on the hotline. Pete, how you been, buddy? Oh, just uh, just enjoying the, uh, the the meltdown over in New Jersey. Well, okay, we can start there because one of the interesting tweets I saw from Andy Herman was that decidedly, unequivocally, Jordan Love this year is better than Aaron Rodgers last year. Did the Packers make a mistake by not playing Jordan Love at least in a few games? Maybe if they win one, they find themselves as one of the hotter teams in the postseason last year. You know, this is, this is I think, a fascinating question. I, I also wrote about this over at The Leap Today, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, that... You know, there are, there are a lot of people, uh, Bill, that, that thought there's no way the Packers can get from Jordan Love, even the worst version of Aaron Rodgers, which we unequivocally saw last year. And that's just not been true. And so it does make you wonder, okay, how does this change if, if Jordan Love plays last year? But I will point to, to the comments that Brian Gutekinds made last year that I, I just, I wanted to like stand up and cheer when he said them. Just, it, it's exactly what you want to hear a general manager say in a moment like this. Because what happened, if you recall, is Aaron Rodgers said, look, I want to play until we don't have a shot at the playoffs, and then we'll see. It was his way of saying, I want to play this out, but then if it means me risking injury for games that don't matter, uh, maybe I don't want to play, which is the opposite of the tone he took in 2018 when he wanted to play for Joe Philbin and, and post Mike McCarthy and all of that. But what Brian Gutekind said was, no way. We, we care about culture here in Green Bay. We care about trying to win every game. And there are 52 other guys on the roster, plus the practice squad, plus the coaches, plus the front office, who are all busting their tails to try and win every week. You're not just going to sit out because you don't want to. Now, that's not exactly what he said, but he said winning, winning matters to us. And I, I think that's right. I think that culture matters. And I think if you look at the progress that was made, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and, and – some of these young players, Zach Tom in year two, how does it change if they're playing in stakes-free games at the end of that season? And I also think that just saying, no, we're going to keep playing no matter what, on some level impacted the psychology of this team last year, who, you know, all, all of a sudden they won four straight games. They had a chance to win a fifth and, and get into the postseason. Uh, you can't tell me that it didn't positively impact their psyche in some way saying, you know what, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what kind of legacy you have within this organization, you are a part of what we do here, and you are going to try to win every game because that's what everyone does every week. I 100% agree. Uh, I just wonder, had it been, had they said, look, Aaron, you broke your thumb, take a few weeks off, if he goes two, three weeks without playing, maybe they win that Detroit game. Maybe they win one right. of those other games to where that last sure. game of the season didn't matter. You know what I mean? I think that that point is really well taken. And, and that part of it, I agree, that when he was hurt, and clearly, I mean, if, if you want to be as diplomatic and as charitable to Aaron Rodgers and the season that he had last year, what you would say is, well, he was hurt, right? Well, okay, if you're hurt that bad, if you look like such a, a different version of Aaron Rodgers than the one we're so used to seeing, then sit and let Jordan Love play and, and give right. him those opportunities. Because I think you're right. The Detroit game is, is – the perfect test case for this. You can't tell me that they don't win that game with Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers 
three interceptions and three of the worst interceptions he's ever thrown. Like, there's just no way you can tell me. And what we've seen from Jordan Love, especially early in the season, you know, that he could have done that and, and been better than that. And, and they still almost had a chance at the end to win that game. So I think the middle of the season is the part where you go, yes, that's when they could have played Jordan Love. But I think it's great that at the end of the season, they didn't have that opportunity because they played well enough. Now let's talk about the here and the now. And you've got a team that certainly has – it's kind of, kind of like a tale of two teams. I read it earlier today out of the NFL power rankings. You go by the first four weeks, and you've got a 2-5 and five record and a quarterback rating of 78.2. Since then, they're 4-1 and one and a quarterback rating of 106.3. You tell me what you've seen. I think this is just the natural process of a young team. And early in the season, you go – Okay, no Aaron Jones, what does it look like? No David Bakhtiari, what does it look like? I mean, I think they spent a lot of the offseason planning an offense around having an elite offensive line and an elite run game because that's what they had last year. And when you lose those two things, you are kind of searching for an identity. And what happens is, and I, I really appreciated Christian Watson speaking so candidly about this a couple weeks ago. He talked about the losing. And he said, you know, it's hard. We are professional athletes. Uh, we believe in ourselves in, in a, you know, a, a, a top-tier kind of way. Like, you, you have to have elite, supreme confidence to be a professional athlete. But when it doesn't work, it's only natural to lose a little bit of faith. And then what happens when you lose a little bit of faith and confidence is you lose a little bit of faith and confidence in yourself. You lose a little bit of faith and confidence in the guy next to you to do what they're supposed to do because you can't even run stick and basic concepts in this offense. And you press. And you put a little bit more pressure on yourself to do the thing, to make the big play. And all of a sudden you're thinking and not just playing. And however it happened, they found something in that Rams game. I mean, th that is the game to me where this all changed, where they found an identity in heavy personnel, two running backs on the field, Aaron Jones, not a coincidence, two tight ends on the field, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, you throw in Ben Sims in there as well. This is the Matt LaFleur team. And I think Matt LaFleur said, you know what? I'm just going to take this, like, forget the, the issues. Let's just run these plays that I think are really cool and really smart. Um, and I'm speaking now both as Matt LaFleur and myself, because I think they're really cool and really smart. And they've leaned on that. And you look at the last couple of weeks, Bill, killing teams with play action, killing teams with purposeful pre-snap motion. I mean, Henry Pearson is a name that half your audience thinks I just made up. He was the fullback on the roster the last two weeks without Luke Musgrave. He hasn't played all year, really, and they throw him out there against the Kansas City Chiefs in front of Taylor Swift and everybody, and he's running orbit motion like he's been on the team since 2018. Like, I, it just, I think Matt LaFleur said, screw it. Let's just go out and play, and let's just try some stuff rather than what I thought was a lot of conservative, let's not try and mistake our way into a loss versus let's try and go out and win it. And I think that change in mindset has changed everything for this team. So defensively speaking, now I want to get into this because uh, everybody talks about, well, Joe Barry this, Joe Barry that. They're still not the 30th ranked <laughs> against the run, but they're also yeah. now top 10 in scoring defense. You know, yeah. and they're, they're top, near top 10 when it comes to passing defense. I mean, what do you make up? Because this year was supposed to be a year you get more pressure on the quarterback and you stuff the run. Well, they've got at least part of it correct. So give me your thoughts on the Joe Barry defense. So there was a really interesting stat um, that, that came out. Um, this is something that I've been following over the last couple of years, but this is something that the NFL, their own data, 
um, next gen kind of stats. And it's win probability added via luck. So it's things that you don't control, kind of like shooting luck in basketball or ground ball luck in baseball. And no team has more luck this season than the Packers. Um, and two of the big drivers, field goal luck and dropped pass luck. Just think of the Chargers. Keenan Allen drops a touchdown. That's a four-point swing. Quinton Johnson drops probably a walk-in touchdown. And the Packers might lose that game. We, we think of the 17-point fourth quarter that, that Jordan Love had against the Saints and forget that they missed a kick. I think it was a 43-yard kick, not even a long kick, that would have cost the Packers that game. And so part of this is they're just getting pretty lucky um, defensively. Uh, and, and, you know, the Chiefs game, another example where you look play-to-play, down-to-down, the Chiefs moved the ball pretty well. They, got, they, they buttoned up in the red zone. And then on the last drive, um, you know, some, some fortuitous calls, not fortuitous calls on both sides, to be sure. Uh, I think that that's been, there, there has been some luck there. The Lions game, same thing. I mean, um, over six yards per play for the Lions in that game, but the Packers got three fumbles. Well, good defenses don't give up that many yards. So I think there has been some luck here. And if you look situationally, you know, all those games that they lost in that stretch in October when they're losing, Jordan Love had the lead either going into the fourth quarter or at some point in the fourth quarter, and the defense couldn't hold it. Situationally, in those games, it was still the defense where you had a chance to win and the defense could not hold a lead. I am, I am unmoved, frankly, by the defensive performance, even without Jair Alexander, because I still think there's too many times where you go, I'm sorry, they were in what personnel grouping, in what situation? Or you have veteran guys, Devondre Campbell, you know, blowing his own coverage. Or, you know, guys out of position in, their, in the wrong gaps on defense. It, it just, it, it's too many of the same mistakes over and over. And I think they are getting pretty lucky in some of these games. Plus, a really easy schedule. You, well, that's the other thing. They've had uh, down the stretch now, they've got a much easier schedule than, you know, I think it's the easiest schedule for the last five in the entire NFL, which you, yeah. two things I'm looking for. One is, I think this team can be a playoff team. The second thing is, you can't now stumble. You, you really have progressed over the last four weeks. You knocked off the Lions on a very well uh, you know, watched and entertained day on Thanksgiving. And now you beat the defending champs. You can't stumble, say, against New York. You can't stumble against Carolina. You can't stumble against Chicago. You know what I mean? You, you should be a playoff team. Like, that's just what the expectations. You have to reset them now. You should be in the postseason because these are, all, these are five teams that you're, you're probably going to be favored against um, in every single game, maybe at Minnesota, you're not depending on what Minnesota is able to put together here um, over the next uh, few weeks before that game. But there's no question you're going to be favored at home against Tampa. You're going to be favored on the road against Carolina. You're favored by almost a touchdown in New York this week against the Giants. You're going to be favored in Chicago. And so you, you should, I don't like using that word, but you will be favored to win all of those games. Now, you know, I, I think they're a young team expecting them to, to close out 5-0 and and win what? What would it be, eight in a row to, to finish the season? The Lions did it last year, um, but they were not the youngest team in the NFL. And so that would be where I would go, okay, if you have some concerns about what this could look like, um, is you have this really young team. Are they going to be able to handle the success? And you could tell, Matt LaFleur was asked about this yesterday. You could tell it was on his mind that this was, this was something that he's been thinking about, that he has been going, okay, if, if this starts to get rolling the way that we think it can, how do we plan as a coaching staff to prepare for that and to get these guys in the right mental headspace? Because it is great 
to not know what you don't know as a young team. But it is, it is then also harder because you haven't experienced it to say, okay, now how do you take this and stay motivated moving forward? Here we go. Let me, let me ask you this, Pete, because I hear this and everybody brings this up. The only two starters that are rookies are Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and or Tucker Craft. I get it. They're younger because they got rid of old guys. But this is an experienced team that's in the league at least two years or more. You look at the offensive line. You look at their defensive front. You, you know, you got Quay Walker who's the second-year guy, but Campbell's been around. Preston Smith has been around. Rashawn Gary's been around. Yes, they have some young guys in the secondary because of injury. But tell me where, other than having inexperience at the quarterback position and a couple of wideout positions, where are they young? Well, but I, I think that's I think that's an unfair framing, Bill, because you you can't say other than the most important position on the team, where are they young? Like Jordan well, Love no, is an I, I get that. Player. I get that. Jordan loves inexperience, but he's been in the system for three years. Now he's seeing the live reps and he's getting yeah. better. I agree with that. But everybody acts like this team drafted 15, 16 rookies and those guys are finally <laughs> starting. And it's like that's not the case when you look around, especially the defensive side of the football. Well, the the defense part is is I think the most important point. You expected your defense to play better um, yes. at various points than they have over the course of the season. So this is the time because you're going to score points on these teams. The question is, can you not do what the Jaguars did last night and let Jake Browning light you up? That's what you have to avoid. Yes. Don't let Terod Taylor or Justin Fields, God forbid, go in and score 30 on you. And then you lose some shootout because the offense continues to play great. And you as the veteran group can't get it together. That can't be what happens here. And I think if you're, if you're the kind of person who thinks, regardless of the outcome of the season, Joe Barry, it would be smart to move on from him. And by the way, I think his contract is up at the end of the year. They may just be able to say, we're not going to bring him back, doesn't fit our timeline, all those things. But if, if you are the kind of person that is hoping for a change, then blowing one or two of those games because you give up – like if you let Bryce Young get to 25, that's an upset. Like go right. Um, that then you start to say, okay, this is not working the way that, that the, the Packers need it to. Um, but I think you're, I think you're right. Like, I, I think that's a good point of, of saying this is a, a young team. I've been saying on the show all year, Bill, once you get to Thanksgiving, I don't want to hear young. I don't want to hear rookie. Yes. I don't hear any of that because you've played enough football now to know where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. You know what it feels like. And so now let's go beat these dog water teams that you should beat and, we could be talking about a team winning 10 or 11 games in a year that they were, what, three and six at one point, and, and the fan base was doing jersey swaps with Drake May. Like, that's, that would be pretty remarkable. And, by the way, if that happens, they should sweep the, the executive and administrative categories. Matt LaFleur should win coach of the year, and Brian Hudigan should win executive of the year. That might, that might be the case anyway. No doubt. Pete, always great stuff. I know you got to run. I appreciate it, and we will certainly talk soon, okay? Thanks, Bill. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Peter Bukowski, from the, uh, he's co-founder of The Leap. You can go to The Leap. You can subscribe to the newsletter. Good stuff there. Also the host of the Locked On Packers podcast as well. Great stuff. But, you know, I, and now I got people going, well, they are the youngest. It doesn't matter. If I'm 21 years old but I've been in the league for three years, who cares? You're a veteran. If you've played more than 16 games in the National Football League, more than 17, 18 games, you're a veteran. You've been there. You've seen it pretty much all. You've been there, done that. You know, you've got these guys. You look at they're 12 games into this season plus the, the uh, 17 games last season. You've got guys that have played almost 30 games in the NFL. 30 games. At what point do you go from being, oh, they're the youngest, 
Age-wise, who cares about that? Who cares? Age-wise, but experience? Where's the lack of experience? Devontre, Devon, Devondre Campbell's been around. Preston Smith has been around. Rashawn Gary's been around. Kenny Clark has been around. Devontae Wyatt's now in his late second year. So is Quay Walker. Where's this Rudy Ford has been around? I can go on and on, you know? Yeah, you're going to have some rookies because of injuries and some young guys because of injuries that are going to have a chance to play. The offensive line has all, all played a lot of football. The running backs have all played a lot of football. Christian Watson's played some football. I mean, granted, he's been banged up more often than not. But certainly Romeo Dobbs has played a lot of football. That gives you Jaden Reed and Jordan Love. Jordan Love, the most important position on the field. I understand it, but Jordan Love's also been in the system for four years now. The whole excuse of, oh, my God, they're so young. Just stop it. They got young because they got rid of a bunch of old dudes. That's it. And I just, I, 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 I just, it, it makes me want to pull my hair out. It's like you're, you're giving them an excuse to be inept. And there isn't at this point. I 100% agree. You're more than 12. You're 12 games into a season. If you don't know where to be by now, if you're not on the same page by now, man, that, that's on you. That's your own study habits. That's your own ignorance. That's your own level of talent. 877-867-1670. Thomas, you're right. Veteran and rookie, they're just words, man. At what point do you look at as a guy as a veteran or a rookie? At what point? Your rookie season, your first season in the NFL, okay. But at but, but what point are you still a rookie? You know? I think it's just another excuse when you say, all these different things when it comes to youth or and or inexperience, it's like you're giving them a reason to fail and accept it. And I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Oh, oh. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. <laughs> Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231-2023. Hear that? It's the sound of a winning December at Potawatomi. Play with your club card December 7th, 14th, and 21st. The more you play, the bigger your share of 400000 in reindeer rewards. And like a classic Midwest winter, the wins can really pile up. Dash to Potawatomi Casino Hotel, Milwaukee for your reindeer rewards. 400 grand worth. Learn more at daysbig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play.
Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show. Reminding you, coming up next week, next Wednesday, next Wednesday, the 13th, we are going to be in Viroqua, Wisconsin. And we're going to be there with our, our friends from WVRQ. We're going to be at the Norwegian Hollow. The Bill Michaels Huddle is going to be out on the road yet again. And I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, we got Dan and Jay from the band String Ties. They're going to be opening music down there at the Hollow from 5 to 6 coming up next Wednesday night. So they got... They got music. They got all kinds of good stuff. All kinds of good stuff. And as a matter of fact, I'll probably tomorrow uh, be doing some stuff with our buddy Ernie uh, in Viroqua on his program in the morning tomorrow. But I couldn't do it today. I was out and about. But uh, tomorrow I probably will. But that being said, if you're in Viroqua, come on out next Wednesday. Not tomorrow, but next Wednesday, the 13th, we are going to be at the Norwegian Hollow for the Bill Michael Sutto as a part of that. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. 877-867-1670. That's the phone number. we got a lot to get to coming up in the next hour as well. Uh, I can't believe two hours have just absolutely positively flown by. Uh, two hours down, two hours yet to go. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Getting it done. This point of the, a portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. Point, Stevens Point Brewery. Brewing excellence since 1857. And, by the way, they're expanding. I just saw uh, Joe Martino, their owner, the other day. They're expanding. They're putting a new hospitality center and tourist center on the backside of that thing where the beer garden was last year. I can't wait for that. Can't wait. Points getting bigger and better, baby. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.